I wasn't planning on starting the podcast, but now I'm in the mood. I don't know why I started humming it. Hello, friends. It's a a bop, that's why. It is a bop. Marley did a great job. Mr. Rosner, you get another shout out. Just for for creating a hit. A one, not a one hit wonder. uh, A one try wonder. He nailed it out of the gate is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, we didn't need to redo it. You just no. had the correct one mm-hmm. immediately. That's it. That's it. Hello, JJ. Oh, hello. Michael. Hey, friends. We're here for 239 times. And this one is the third kind of regular wrap-up of the end of the year episode. We're going to do some stuff today, a little preview. But yeah, we're going to talk that Mandalorian thing everyone was talking about. We're also going to do our... Thing of the year, year, year. I could actually try and add the echo effect this time around. I'm getting pretty good at this resolve program. Okay. I'm writing it down. Echo. All right. It's going to sound real cool on top of your explanation of echo. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I just echo the whole explanation. Oh, boy. I just had an amazing meal, JJ, and I got to tell you about it because you have become a fan of my fandom of the free advertisement Cali Dumpling Delivery Service. Oh, yes. Yes. We're big fans over here. So I got them pork and shrimp Hong Kong wontons, and I made a soup out of them. Okay. Yeah, it's, we're. It's wonderful. I want to make the pork. We have not made the wonton soup yet. I think we're doing that later this week. So. Okay, the pork juices create such a nice broth. It's just very warming at this cooling time of year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's the time of year for wonton soup for sure. For sure, yeah, that's my food thing. I don't know. I just had to mention it because. They make really good dumplings. <laughs> it's almost unfair, but uh, I'm probably not the only one that's made good food. Yeah, we uh, in this house and during the time of quarantine, sometimes you turn to, uh, you know, it shows like Netflix. Uh, they have, you know, they got a lot of different cooking shows and other kinds of like documentary type shows where they go through making all kinds of food. We got hooked on one called The Taco Chronicles. Any you guys watch this? No. no, but I have heard about this one. So The Taco Chronicles is uh I, I don't know the the director or the like creative lead or anything behind it. Um I wish I did. Um but the it's uh it's a documentary series and there's two seasons of it, and I think there's like eight episodes each season. They're like 30, 40 minutes ish. And each episode is a type of taco. Like There's the first a bazillion one, types of tacos, though. Yes, man. And all of these shows, it's like the first one is pastor. The entire episode is about how to make like the greatest pastor tacos. Oh, it's recipes and stuff. It's not just like history of the pastor taco. Uh, I mean, it like it touches very briefly on the history, but then they go interview people who make it. They go to like this restaurant and like they talk to like the master chefs who make it in the traditional style and like what it means to be a pastor taco and like why you would have pastor over every other kind of taco and all this sort of stuff. And then they just go on. There's all these different ones, barbacoa, carne asada, um, uh, like canasta tacos, which is a type I'd never even heard of. Uh, and it goes on and on. And then one of the ones, I think in the second season it comes around is, Cochinita Peebill. Mm-hmm. I, which, I'm not going to correct it. I sounded yeah, right. I could be wrong. I, the series is all spoken mostly in Spanish, so I'm you know we're watching oh, subtitles. Okay, cool. It, like it takes place you know mostly in Mexico, but there are parts uh, in the southern U.S. and stuff where they you know go to Texas and places in California and stuff. Um, and those parts are in English, and so then are not subtitled. It's very interesting that way where. It, has both right and there are some of the speakers who switch back and forth in the middle of their sentences because of who they're talking to or whatever um but it and so anyway this cochinita peebill i guess is from the yucatan peninsula uh it's like a sonoran recipe i guess 
Oh, Sonoran taco. Just the just the tortilla. I, these are the Sonoran tacos, man. These are the tortillas I get shipped from Kansas. Don't judge so I don't me. Know, I don't know anything uh, judged. I don't no. know anything about the tortilla. <laughs> uh, but the thing about these tacos is there's this traditional ingredient called achiote paste. And it's you can buy this stuff. Uh, I I don't know where you can buy it uh, so, around us. We got so some Michael, from the internet. Michael, you're a, a fesh, fellow mag food magaziner, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, but this achiote paste has been in every food magazine over like the last year. Everyone is yeah, using it in every it's recipe. Real popular everywhere. So I don't know if it's having some kind of renaissance or whatever. Yeah. Uh, this ta- this taco series came out a couple of years ago, I think, and we're just now discovering it because it was recommended to us by some other people. Cool. Um, and you know, it, it's like a it's like a clay consistency almost. It's meant to be mixed with other stuff, you know, olive oil or vinegar or something to like soften it up, and then you rub your meat down with it. Sure. And cochinita pibil is a use a pork butt roast. That's the name of the cut. I didn't didn't use a swear there that's just the name of the cut it's like a shoulder type rear end cut of a pig sure and uh you rub it down with this achiote paste and then you put it in a marinade made of orange juice some vinegar uh some spices uh, coriander and garlic and i forget what else and one diced habanero pepper you stick that whole thing in a marinade for about a day. And the the traditional way, the way they make it in the show, is they wrap it in banana leaves. And they let it marinate inside the, like, mix the wrapped leaves. And then they take it to a peeb, which is a earth oven, and they bury it there and cook it for a, a day also. So, like, an underground, like, you know, uh, if you ever had, like, lechon or any of those, like, underground cooked whole pigs this is the same idea but just for this one specific cut wrapped in these banana leaves and like you know the restaurant that makes it or you know this traditional food place that makes it varies like 500 packets of leaves at once in this giant earth oven right right yeah um obviously we don't have banana leaves so. did you actually find the paste by the way yes yeah we bought it oh, online. okay because i was gonna say like the, the mexican market it was not ex- it. it totally might have right yeah. um yeah. we, we w- weren't interested in going out to search 50 uh, as you as you probably like the the dollar amount difference is probably very much worth not going out right like it was not just order it on amazon and move on yeah it was not expensive um and the uh it's made about like a four pound roast but there's a bone in it so it's hard to say like a big shoulder bone kind of thing so i don't know how cool to explain how big it is, how much food there was um and yeah you just throw it in the slow cooker for all day um, wow, this is really good. <laughs> uh, and then you just shred it up, uh, you know, uh, after it's, it's done cooking, you're ready to eat it and just take a big old juicy plop of that right on your warm tortilla there. And, uh, maybe, maybe you could add some like, uh, pickled onions. Maybe you could put some like, uh, queso fresco on there, but it really doesn't need much. It is, it has a subtle spiciness with the. The habanero in there is not yeah. like outrageously spicy. It is a little spicy, but not outrageous. And it is a good flavor. Um, the meat is super juicy, obviously having just been marinated for an entire day and a half or whatever. Um, it, awesome. I love these, these cochinita pibil uh, tacos. That sounds like one of those tacos that screams for like the one ingredient side, like the pickled onion only sort of thing. Yeah, we, I did, uh, yeah, like the queso fresco and pickled onions, and I thought yeah. it was perfect. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you could totally get away with just one or the other of them, and it would also be wonderful, I'm sure. Nice. So we've just been eating that for the last two days because we made so much. <laughs> I wonder if you could uh, turn it into some sort of guisado, too. If oh, like you certainly. had so much leftovers, you could maybe like stew it with some you peppers could easily and some other stuff. Could easily do it. The, like, you know, the... The broth in the slow cooker or whatever is almost a guisado right there for you. Really oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, slow cooker. Nothing. Yeah. 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 Cool. So, Congratulations. JJ, when, when you hear someone breaking into your fridge later tonight, don't worry. <laughs> that's the, that's the <laughs> only going to be missing. All good. That's awesome. Nice. Nice. Um, 
well, Michael, I mean, did you food out or or were you busy doing something else? Uh, so we, we got a little bit of food as as part of what we were doing. So holidays in the in the COVID are a little bit different this year. But no kidding. We, we had gotten ourselves tickets to go to the OC Night of Lights. I don't know if you guys are familiar with I this. I don't know what that is. Um, it is a... Uh, so you know how neighborhoods will do all the houses decorated and you can sort of drive through the neighborhood and see all the all the different light displays that people have put on at their houses? Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. So the uh, the county did that at the OC Fairground. They oh. created this giant elaborate um, drive-through light display. Wonderful. Um, and so we got tickets last Wednesday. Um, and had a time slot of like eight o'clock, um, and went and did the, the whole drive through and it was great. Um, there was, uh, it probably took an hour, a little over an hour all told, uh, to get through the whole thing. And they have two different stations that they are, um, they're broadcasting on over basically shortwave. So you can tune into the the two FM stations and basically listen to Christmas music the whole time that you're driving through uninterrupted Christmas music. Nice. Oh, that's that sounds so nice. Yeah, and then they have a couple of um, like four or five of the fair food stalls set up at the beginning, so you can detour and get food if you want to just like munch on. We just got a bucket of popcorn um, just to munch on while we were driving through. Nice. Yeah, so it was a really good way to do the to do a, a you know properly socially distanced uh, holiday what activity. The, what does the fairground look like right now? Just considering they don't just they don't have anything going on, you know that that place is usually packed with something going on every time of the year. Yeah, I think it's just empty, other than uh, you know all the the area that's laid out in the parking lots for this drive through. Wow. I know the San Diego fairground had, was turned into a COVID testing site for part of it, but it's only like one building essentially. And there are obviously many more than one building sure. at all of these places. Yeah. What a, what a deserted weirdness, right? Like so strange at the end of the year to still see stuff like this, but uh, Hey, you know what? You were safe and I, I, it sounds really enjoyable to go see some lights without having to worry about yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We had a really good time. Yeah, it's important to, I think, especially right now, as we come to the end of, of one year and begin another, just, you know, find a way to enjoy yourself without putting yourself in harm's way, right? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe that leads us to our things of the year, right? We can we can give you some things that we flat out enjoyed and maybe would spend you could spend some time doing. Last year, I looked it up, by the way. Last year, you two picked the same game. Can you remember what it was? Did we both pick Bloodstain? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it would it would have to have been. <laughs> yeah. And I picked Disney Plus. Yeah. And we did uh we did a Things of the Decade last year too, didn't we? Yeah, we did. And that was uh I picked monetization, JJ picked something along the same lines. I picked the MCU. And you picked the MCU, yeah. 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 It was uh it's interesting. Anyway, uh who would like to go first? Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> if not, I'll uh, go. I can. I can go. I can. Go. Okay. I have a. I have a bad feeling. We picked the same thing. Who can say? I don't. I. I doubt you picked some of these things. Oh um, wow! You got my, more my than thing, one. Good for you. No, no. It's a, it's a collection. It's a collection of things. Oh, I picked a collection also. My list would not have been possible. My list, my my collection would not have been possible without this becoming the year that it turned into. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. It, this is, is a way to start this because you you're yes, this is nice. It is Good. a list. It it is a list of it is my thing of this year is the frankly ridiculous amount of RPGs I was able to complete this year. You did. I would like to point that surprising. out. I know. Yes. Here, I'm gonna. Yeah, I went through my Steam purchase history and okay. looked at everything I bought this year, and then include other games I know I pl- I paid for and played this year. Some of these are very long games. I've played Legend of Heroes: Trails from Zero. I then played the sequel to that game, The Legend of Heroes: 
uh, trails from Azure, uh, which are you know the Zero and Ow uh, portions, the Crossbell games from that series. I then also played Cold Steel Three from that series. Later in the year, then I played Persona Four Golden all the way through, uh, and I almost hundred percented that game. I got very close, I think. Wow. Um, I've played ninety nine percent of. Final Fantasy XII, I don't think I'm going to finish doing all these hunts. Uh, it's not looking good. <laughs> I basically just have the final boss to do, and I haven't done that yet. And then I'm partway through Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is also an RPG. This That's a frankly ridiculous amount. Uh, oh, sorry, and I'm also playing on my Switch, Xenoblade Chronicles, for like the third time, and I'm like most <laughs> of the way through that game. That's amazing. That's wow. a lot of RPGs, man. And no like, kidding. If I had not been at home so much due to the inability to leave, um, <laughs> and 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 but even beyond that, like the working from home changed by like the amount of time that I have available to do stuff because mm-hmm. I don't have to commute anymore. Right. Oh, good point. It makes a big difference. And even yeah. though my commute wasn't that bad before, or I didn't feel that it was that bad, there still is time. Yeah, I noticed this in that like I'm way behind on a lot of podcasts. Oh, Again, I am clearly yeah. way ahead on a ton of video. Games. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I've been so able it, to split my podcast listening because I still have enough housework and stuff that I end up doing. Yeah, um, and I totally, I totally do it then too. Yeah, but like you know, I had several oh you're right hour podcasts right. that I would listen to per week. Yep, and I just not, you know I can maybe keep up with one or two of those. I can't do three or four like I used to be able to. Oh, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I've dropped I've dropped three quarters of my podcast, unfortunately, as we sit here on a podcast. Which I'm sure you, the wonderful viewer, did no, not. No, I, I think a lot of people actually have come up with more time to pod, to do podcasts. Um, a lot of people listen to them while they're working. A lot. Yeah, and that's like yeah. totally. I prefer to have and, like, you know, random streams and stuff on. Or and if you're at home. Like, or in a mostly empty office. No one's going to come up and bug you if you got your headphones in. Yeah, totally. You know, so I think overall, you know what? I can tell you, I can tell you personally, our listenership is up, way up. Okay. And has gone up every month of this ridiculousness. So thank you to everyone that is listening. Um, yeah, absolutely. We, we enjoy having you here and we enjoy spending time with you while you're working at home or wherever you happen to be. Uh, but yeah, it's been hard. It's been, been hard to do that kind of stuff uh, with kids yeah. around, especially like I, if I was just me at home, I would be, you know, listening to podcasts all the time. But And yeah, it, especially like, okay, like I can listen to some things, but the, then, you know, during work, but then some things I want to listen to and I can't listen, listen. <laughs> it, it is much easier to listen, listen when I'm driving a car because the motions are so much more automatic yeah. than like while I'm trying to work or whatever, where sometimes I have to focus more. Speaking of podcasts, just so you know, Carbon Scoring, by the way, yes, two days ago, dropped four hours of audio on you if you have any interest in that. To the I listener. Think we, yeah, I think uh, you, the listener, are in for a treat. There's going to be a lot of Mandalorian on this feed. <laughs> yeah, some, deep, some deep dive. Yep. Yeah. Well, that was cool. So your thing is RPGs of the year. Yeah, I just, I played a lot of RPGs. And not even close to any of these all came out this year. I mean, Final Fantasy twelve is old. All of the, the Cold Steel game came out this year, um, early this year. But the other ones are all yeah. uh, old games, so... Um, but you it's know, just a, great games, you know. I think you're a genius because it's the J JRPG collection. There you go, J JRPG collection. I love we, it. We we got to tweet the list. You got to send it to me so I can tweet the list and make that pun on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> ah, nice. Uh, I'll go next. Okay. My thing of the year would be. Xbox game or game pass for PC. Mm-hmm. I have enjoyed playing a smattering of games through that collection. Uh, trying out lots of games. I wouldn't be able to try out trying out and playing through games. I would never pay for and buy that. Hopefully the developers of those games got paid for by Microsoft by me playing them. Right. There's, there's been three or four games in there that I've they've been short and that, two three hour games and i've tried them and played them and liked them 
Uh, I've played many an hour with the No More Zeds crew. Uh, Ken is in that crew. Kit as well, by the way. Well, just I'm just going to shout out Dixon. If you if even he just doesn't want his name on this podcast, he got a shout out. Uh, many hours of that through Game Pass on State of Decay. Game Pass is a really good service. But the standout from that service is something I paid for. And I'm glad I paid for it because I always will have access to it forever until Steam decides to take it away. I look fondly back at this year at multiple, multiple weeks of tough days and saying, oh, yes, the new Halo is dropping today. (laughs) Nice. I considered this. I wondered when you said collection whether this would be what we both ended up talking about. We didn't play that much multiplayer of it. I mean, we did a little bit. And I I played I think you played more than I did, especially when the first two games had, had just come out, one and two. Yeah. I really liked and, Halo two multiplayer. I played yeah. a lot of it and I remember playing a lot of it when I was a young lad. And this was like a lot of nostalgia for me getting back into that and realizing I'm old and bad now. <laughs> Don't worry. My experience in trying out Warzone has not gone any better. <laughs> uh, it's been fun to just sit back and play through the stories of those games with you, JJ, and Michael, to have you watch sometimes and participate in hearing about the ridiculousness of how broken some of those were, how we lost progress on some of them, how we got screwed by the game multiple times. God multiple times and yet every single time we went back for more i don't i don't know why but we did it and uh you know like really funny moments of just go okay jj tonight we're gonna go in with the rocket launcher in this level and yep. we're gonna trade <laughs> off who shoots these flying things as many we times did. as possible to get an achievement and you're like this is what you did when you were like 19 in a dorm you know, not when you're 30 plus at home, unless there's a pandemic and you have nothing better to do. Right. Uh, and that game really could not have come to the PC at a better year for needing to play something that nostalgia driven, that uh, endorphin raising in terms of uh, remembering good times uh, and playing through good times again. Right. So yeah. the MCC ends up being my thing of the year, uh, even though, by the way, it is available on Game Pass. Yeah, I'm sure, right? And uh, finally, just recently, I believe, they have enabled the cross every server yeah. thing. So mm-hmm. we would now, only now, have been able to start playing with each other, uh, you know, if on Game Pass and Steam and Xbox and every possible place, finally. Yeah which will probably do a lot for that game going forward in like making sure there are actually non-zero numbers of people playing Halo 1 multiplayer or whatever the they've most got a, popular one they've is. They've got a bit of a tough time ahead. Uh, we, once Infinite hits, I think they're going to have... They'll have populated games for Halo 2 and 3 maybe, but like yeah. Halo 4, Spartan missions and stuff like that, the multiplayer ones. Uh, well, they have at least tough. in one entire year from now until then since yeah. halo infinite is now slated yeah. for fall 21 and the best i think the best part about that is that there's still stuff for us to do in there they're gonna have five, six more seasons mm-hmm. uh of content for that game that in theory will never actually go away you know you can always achieve stuff and in, in seasons later uh get season points later so i think that's know. my favorite thing about some of the old seasons is that even unlike a lot of the battle passes in other games that move on, you know? Yeah. Their stuff is still available. Like, well, yeah, I, you can't go back and do the challenges from last no, week, mm-mm. but there'll be new challenges next week. Yeah. And you could just pick those up, but you can apply them to your old season if you want to, because you really like, you know, this one there's, particular Warthog skin or whatever. That's a nice touch. There's tiny things we'll miss from not being competitive gamers. Like, there are, there are weapon skins. If you get to the top rank of this thing for each season, uh, I'm not going to ever be that person. And so like the ability to say 98% of the content is still open to me. And even if the, and a hundred percent of the content is open to me, if I want to spend the time and ability to get better at a game like that. Um, right. 
um, it's nice that they, they took that tack and they said, you know, the golden pistol maybe is not available to you because you are not the one of the top 100 players or whatever, but the rest of it yeah. is there. But like, if you really want that season four skin of, of Buck there, I did it. Without a, without I did a that. Helmet or whatever I did it. Whatever one it is, mm-hmm. you can do it, right? I and did. it will be available to you uh-huh. or me. I could do it, right? Yeah. Uh, I did. But also, the, I don't uh, have to do it. You, but so, so you missed out on the seasonal buck with bug splatter. And it's like, well, it's the same thing. He's oh. just got green on the front of him. But I went on to the the server, the Halo server, and you know, found a group, and that was cool too. Like needing to to do a multiplayer thing and looking for a server group, finding a server group, not having any chuds in it. It was a good everything about MCC this year has been a good experience in a year where it really needed to be, you know. Even even the tough bad stuff was laughable, right? Like when we have kept reloading that level, that one freaking cutscene crashed our game every every time. It, it became annoying. funny. It was funny. It was. We're just going into the cutscene. Yeah. It's like jam on the skip button as hard as you can, <laughs> quick. It's like sitting there pounding the controller. Yep, pretty good. The MCC. There you go. Michael, you're up. Yeah, so um, I I had to put together a, a short list because there were surprisingly a lot of things on it that I considered. Um, you know, I, I really dove into using my Switch this year. Good for you. Um, so I considered doing something with that. Um, there were a lot of a lot of other good non-Switch games. Uh, Ori, Will of the Wisps, Baba is You, Final Fantasy Zodiac Age. Um there were some good ones to watch. Uh, Pump it up, made by Oh Shorty. man, we had so much fun watching Happy Feats. Oh, he's so good. Shout out to Happy Feats. Yeah, uh, on those because those were runs that would only happen this year. Sure. Um, but in the end, I went with something that was a little bit different. Uh, I went with the the thing that probably more than anything else um, found me every time I would engage with a new piece of it, like immediately wanting the next piece. Uh, and so my thing of the year was 2020. Oh, so I have good. yet what to catch up on this and I need to, it is, it was, it was just, and JJ, JJ, you can, you can attest to this feeling too, but you, you'd read through the latest piece and watch the video and you would just crave that next part. Yeah. It's such a, such a great a well-told story right yeah and and something that felt very new and very different in a year that was full of so much sameness yeah and even if even it's a sequel you know quote unquote to 17776 it is not that it's its own thing in so, in so much of a way that really knowing anything from that first piece is not actually that important. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Oh, what a good pick, man. I, I love the stuff that uh, John Boyce and Kofi produce over on uh, SB nation. And they have uh, their YouTube videos are just great. Like I want to watch a five minute video of something ridiculous. They have that. They also have, I want to watch a hundred hours of why the Seattle Mariners are ridiculous. They have both, right? It's, it's a great, they're so good. Yeah. So great work there. Can't wait for 20,021. I was going to say, are you like, don't you want to know what happens to Manny and what's his name? The other guy, Manny and shoot, Nick, Nick, Nick and Manny. I want to, do they get back? That's what I want to (laughs) know. God, cliffhangers man yeah that's great that's great uh you know i 17776 17776 yeah mm-hmm. yeah still gets shout outs from people like um tim rogers actually was shouting him out the other night on his stream for for that and it's like okay wow that's still still out there so it is it is an all-time great piece of sports writing i think I think so and too. Yeah. It has nothing to do really <laughs> with <laughs> actual sports that occur now. But the style is like I, I don't know how to describe it other than sports writing. Like it is a 
you know, like those those columns, like those newspaper columns and stuff that you used to read. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. Like of <laughs> like, there's like some seventy year old guy who's been following football his entire career or whatever, and he would just have a column once a week or whatever. It felt like that, except this guy. It was just talking about everything in this guy's life for twenty years for five hundred pages. <laughs> That's like <laughs> what these things. He just goes on to, on tangents and talks about weird pieces of history and like weird things related to the thing, but not really. But then they kind of have a parallel and like it's just I don't know how to explain it. People should go read that stuff. But all, both of them are great and they're free on the internet. So yeah, and then read the. Uh, I I just recently went back and read the uh, the blog post on the you know they did a, a post about making it and then fielded a few questions from readers and some of the stuff about you know how they found some of these stories that they weave into it of you know a tiny little town in the middle of nowhere yeah are I, supremely fascinating i should go read that because the research part of the these must be just unending there's so much like ah this town in 1912 was like host of a thing and you're like how do you know this yeah and there were you know there were questions of like uh, how did you which way around did you do it did you find the stories first and then decide you know this is where this is where the story had to take the characters or were you looking along the the routes that are in the story and finding nearby places hmm I'm I'm gonna go read this post. That's extremely up my alley. That's awesome. I'm surprised in our things of the year. So let's see the recap here. JJ the JJRPG collection, aka finding time to commit to longer things you'd never have time to. The Halo MCC, aka it's okay to be nostalgic when things are tough. And looking ahead, my wow, good job, we did it. Two thousand, yeah, two thousand twenty. How do how do you twenty thousand twenty twenty thousand J- John Boyce's piece, looking to the future. We did a great job on those three. Look at yourself now, and treat yourself. Look at back, treat yourself. Look to the future, treat yourself. All of them are great. None of us picked the Mandalorian. Uh, I mean, it, it certainly wasn't better than any of the things we picked. So I agree with that statement. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a look. It was a perfectly good series. I enjoyed my time watching it. There are episodes I liked more than others. Yep. I think uh, a lot of but... people will have spent the end of this year finally happy because of that show and I don't want to downplay it but I just I think it's funny that none of us yeah. picked it. It's also it's also hard, right? Because it it ended 3 days ago. Yeah. Like the the impact of it hasn't really sunk in yet. I think it's only 8 weeks long, right? And and especially in the year that has lasted forever, some of these memories are much longer than that and much more lasting, I think, about what would you do in in 2020 and I'll think about, you know, what I did at home. And one of those things would be having played a lot of Halo <laughs> mm-hmm. or, you know, catching up on thousands of JRPG hours or reading a beautiful story about the future and space. I think the, I think the Mandalorian has a, it is good comfort television. Nothing about it is like extremely groundbreaking or reinventing really much other than maybe uh, bringing Star Wars's reputation up after it was real low. <laughs> I think what you're saying in terms is in terms of filmmaking. It's, yeah, it's like, uh, they're not said They're not like, you know, revolutionizing TV or film. Or they did with like the that. first season, right? With the, right, yeah. the creation of the volume this. and the digital architecture working with Epic to create that stuff will mm-hmm. change television. Um. But beyond that, the storytelling and all that. So is the reason it's good is what is what you're saying is is outside of the filmmaking, which is probably right. accurate. Uh, and yeah, restoring the reputation of a franchise is not a small thing to do. 
Well, uh, spoiler warning. Yeah. Spoiler yeah. warning again. Look, we watch really it all the way through. And watch past the credits. So the end yeah, of the credits. Say, watch the, the end of the episode. credits. Yeah. This is your last warning. I've spent a lot of hours talking about it, so you guys are leading this discussion. What did you think? Is Star Wars propped up only by the idea that there has to be a Skywalker attached to it? Is that really what it comes down to? If there's no Skywalker attached to it, people aren't in. Is that the deal? Do you believe that statement? I'm asking. I don't know that I believe it. I just mm, it felt like no. they shoehorned him here, and I didn't. I don't know that I. Oh, interesting. It. Okay. I I mean, part of me felt like it was it was a bit of a a choice for the fans. But at the same time, I think we've also done enough, maybe complaining is the wrong word, but complaining about the the deep and deeper pulls into the lore that they have been doing. And so this felt like an easy way to tie up what was always going to be a difficult story thread to tie up in terms of having to remove Grogu from the story. Yep without introducing i mean it it does introduce some questions but without potentially introducing a whole lot of questions i I mean i think you know having grogu go with luke right is the okay well luke is obviously a jedi we can't impugn him for that it must be okay he's the you know and we know luke survives and so it's not like grogu is in danger here until like until until ben solo shows up Right, exactly, right? It's like, oh, was Grogu hiding in the hut the entire time while Rey was there? Is that like the, you know, uh, the implication? We don't know now, right? Is that the the thing here? Uh, and, Ken, yeah, Ken has some thoughts about where Grogu is, but they're all non, non-canon. Okay. Sure. Well, again, I, you know, I don't know anything. Uh, no one knows anything, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. But I, I, I felt that... As a person who likes this show, as this, you know, for the characters in it, and, you know, the, I've talked a lot about how I like the Western themes and stuff. I, I don't know that I was super excited for a Jedi to show up and Deus Ex Machina, Baby Yoda out of the, the, the show. I think it might have been better if Grogu had to accept that no one was coming for him and he and the Mandalorian had to go off and have adventures. I think that might have been a preferred way to go for me. I think that comes down to whether or not Grogu is going to become a permanent fixture in the show, right? There if you if you left him in after this point, there's no way that you can take him out in yep. the future. Right? This is right? the off-ramp this this was the only chance you're going to have to have the story go in a different direction and have yeah. it not be the you know the buddy show the I've, Mandalorian and Grogu have either of you watched Tim Rogers new action button on Last of Us uh, no. that's it's like second to most recent one but yes I have watched it okay this is the same story as Last of Us kind of in a way right he, he talks about the protector narrative there and it it fits and i'm i think i've mentioned it too many times now between all the podcasts but it fits the 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 theme perfectly because what michael said is true this is the last on ramp for grogu and so that that's where you have to think about the way that and why it's luke because if he stays there has to be a time jump and he has to get older and the mandalorian has to get older and Grogu has to start participating in the show beyond being a cute baby. Otherwise, yeah. it gets bad. And Fair. so it the, the other option is the Mandalorian becomes an anthology series and we no longer see Din Djarin and Grogu. They go off into the galaxy and this becomes the Bo-Katan show or the Boba Fett show, right? Um, and so his argument there would be then that the Grogu has to leave. And I think your point is well taken. I think it was JJ's point. It has to be Luke because people know a Skywalker. And so, yeah, sometimes it has to be a Skywalker because then the people that are here for Grogu know why and who he's leaving with. Oh, he left with Luke. Got it. Okay. I think my, uh, I know some people in my life that are going to be disappointed to that. Grogu is not going to be in the show 
potentially going sure. forward. Of course. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it is and not uh, like it, the writers should do what they think is best for the show and like what stories they want to tell. If that means uh, Grogu has to go, you know, that's their choice and I have to respect it. Uh, I think that I am a little tired of every Star Wars story ending, not just a, a Star Wars story, but also Star Wars stories starting and ending with Skywalkers. They're not like, why are these people like fated to show up and everything? <laughs> I, I think this one, I don't know that this one did because it didn't start with a, with a Skywalker. And I feel he like he shows up at the end, right? Uh, like, but it's, why? Not, it's not the end, right? It's just so the story can go in the next direction. Right. Cause think of it, think of it this way. These episodes are sequentially numbered, right? They didn't start over the numbering at the start at season two. It's mm-hmm. 16 episodes, one through 16. So when there's 24 episodes and it's still a through storyline, this won't be an ending. It'll just be an inflection point. Interestingly, they call that new show the Book of Boba. And these are chapters in the Book of the Mandalorian. Right. Hmm. So yeah. does season three begin a new book for Din? What do they what do they, how do they couch that? Right. I mean, who knows, right? Like, do they decide to call the next series three of the Mandalorian? Because I'm going to change the name of the show to the book of the Mandalorian or something, right? No. But what if they start series three as book two, chapter one or something, right? Could be. Yeah. Yeah. Book two, chapter Uh, one. But I, I think I am just tired of seeing the Skywalkers show up all the time, especially in stories that ostensibly did not need to involve them. We had a Jedi earlier in the show, like three episodes ago. Let me posit to you that it needed to end with Luke for another reason. Okay. It started with Anakin. Everything that has happened to Grogu is because Anakin blew up the temple and ruined his life. Right. Not wrong. I mean, so Luke, his son has to fix the sins of is the father. fixing the sins of the father by showing up here. And this is, uh, born out apparently by the fact that Grogu and Anakin are the same age. Oh, I don't think I caught that. I didn't catch it either. It was told to me. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, he promises to protect him the same way that Qui-Gon promises to protect Anakin when he takes him from Din. Okay, that required a bigger fan than me to notice. There's it no also did for me yeah, as well. Definitely. Yeah, um, but you know, it is a cool. I think. Look, I think I, that I, I take your scene. point. I didn't say. I don't think you're wrong to be like, why did it have to be Luke again? But there was a lot of it that was very cool to see. Yeah, I, I don't hate the scene actually. Like, I actually enjoyed that part. The, like the like mysterious like oh the Jedi showed up. And like, oh, I didn't know who it was going to be until I saw the green lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know enough about Star Wars to know that one. The green um, saber and the black glove. That's all you need. Yeah. yeah the X-Wing. Uh, you know, we yeah, I did the same thing. X-wings. I was like, oh, it could be anybody in an X-Wing. Yeah. 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 A lot of people end up in X-Wings. That's not too. That's not necessarily it. Yeah. But then yeah, I the saw black the cloak glove. and I'm like, hmm. And then yep. I saw the black glove and then I saw the green lightsaber. I'm like, oh, it's Luke. Uh, but you know, I, I didn't dislike the scene. I thought the scene actually worked well. Was thematic with the rest of the show. They gave it enough time. If even if the CG was a little iffy, um, I don't know. All these digital reconstructed faces always look a little weird to me. Anyway, um, I mean, they would have. There was no way to do it well that people weren't going to throw a fit about, right? So I guess I think they chose the road that made the most people happy. Yeah, yeah. JJ, did you? Is there someone else you would rather have seen as that Jedi? No, I don't. I again, I don't know enough about I, well, Star Wars lore to like guess who else exists as a Jedi that could have showed up. Wouldn't you rather have seen Grogu continue on and the show yeah, take a completely yeah, I, different direction? I think I would have rather Grogu stayed with the Mandalorian and they do buddy adventures in space. When does that get old? Is my question. I don't know how many seasons of buddy adventures in space can I stay handle if they, <laughs> if, they sh- if they shoot them good a lot. Like how many did we see this season? What? 16 now we've had. Yeah. Of even, you know, and with Grogu, not necessarily participating uh, in the majority of them in some cases. Yeah. He's often left somewhere to do something else. 
So, I, you know, I, and who knows, maybe he will show up from time to time throughout this going forward. I have no idea. Um, I suspect we won't see a lot of CGI loot going forward, though. I suspect that's too expensive to continue doing. <laughs> I just don't, I, I get the feeling that was an idea of sending a message about Luke and not really about introducing mm-hmm. Luke to this. This timeline I, will, however, be continued. They have said Book of Boba will be the same timeline. Ahsoka will be the Ahsoka. same time. Rangers of the Republic will be the same timeline. So this area of the brand new Republic will be explored. So it's not like they're not going to run into Luke again unless they really try hard not to, you know? I mean, I feel that enough of these people are likely to cross paths with him Right, like, you know, whether Ahsoka does or not, or, you know, the New Republic Rangers or, you know, any of these other people cross paths with him. He's a big and important person in the galaxy. Chances Dude. are non-zero he'll show up in at least some of those shows, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I sit with it and think I'll enjoy what I saw. Yeah, and I want to make it clear my complaint is not with the episode. I enjoyed this episode. I think the the storytelling was good. I liked Gideon and... Um, well, you'll get more of that. I, I Gideon did good at being an evil bad guy, right? There was a... a I like the, the trick that Gideon pulled, which is a thing that I'm sure some Clone Wars people knew was coming that I never knew about. Oh, you have to win! Ha-ha! You didn't win! I tricked you! Yeah. Uh and uh, I thought that was like well done as a as a twist where the bad guy loses but still wins in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I the the evil dark. I, I like that they airlocked all the dark troopers, <laughs> and then and then I thought as soon as they did that, I was like, can't they fly? Didn't yeah, they, they get flew. Rid of the people inside there. I remember them flying. Maybe they only fly in atmosphere. They never explained that. That's really weird. And then and then of course like. You know, light clock alarm bells. Ten minutes later, alarm <laughs> bells. They're all flying back in. I'm like, okay, I was right. They did fly. Yeah, it's really cool that they brought them back. And you're just like, the the Jedi has to show up here, whoever it is, to save all these people. Right. Uh, and then they parallel the murderous Darth Vader scene from Rogue One. Yeah. Just Luke going through and like just destroying those guys with not trying even that hard. It just gives you an idea of the power structure of the galaxy finally in a, in a way that Star Wars sometimes you forget about, right? Like especially watching the cartoons and and you're watching Boba Fett and, and these other Mandalorians and you think they're better than people. And then a Jedi walks in and Din couldn't even fight one of them. Right. Yeah. He, he like barely got away from the one. Yeah. And <laughs> Luke is just like, nah, these guys, whatever, block these shots, chop that guy's head off, moving, moving on, got places to be. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a fun ending. Whether yeah. or not we wanted it to go different ways, I think. Yeah, I, I, I have, you know, with the, the actual the story, this story, I have to accept as the story that they chose to tell. And I enjoyed this story. I even think if it was not the one I would have hoped they told. Right, sure, sure. I think as a as a Star Wars universe and coming together, there are sometimes, many times, you have to swallow a pill you don't like. Uh, I mean, episodes, <laughs> yeah, episode nine, and, episode two, well, <laughs> and so like many times, it's the choice, and you just have to live with the choice. And there's the times that it's just bad writing, but I don't think this is the case. I think it's the choice, and you just have to say this is the galaxy, and it doesn't always work the this, way you want. This is the way. Well, I, I think I didn't lay the lead out the podcast before he said. <laughs> I th- no, but I think I think you're totally right, Andrew. Right? Like this is the story they wanted to tell. Yeah. And if it's not the one I wanted to hear, well, that's you know that's on me. I need to go make my own TV, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not happening. But you know, it is. I didn't dislike it. I really, I did really enjoy almost every episode. I think. Yeah. And and this one was not an exception. So. Are you guys in for Crime Lord Boba Fett? I don't know about this, man. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, it. Was not what I expected when I when I heard uh, sit through the all the credits. I did not either. Yeah, I did a... like that the the same guy who was Jabba's assistant yes. has now gotten yeah. fat and is in charge of the crime syndicate. Bib, I, I Bib did Fortuna. like that. Bib Fortuna. Yes, slowly 
transmogrifying into the worm a la dune yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh and boba fett comes in and is like nah let me shoot all these guys i thought the the you know the the cut was going to be him dropping him into the rancor pit um, he stood yeah. i don't know if you saw like, that but i know he did on top of it yeah i, I literally I did I was that like, i was like bro what? you saw him do this you know yeah. what happens when you stand yeah. right here i was very um, no, very nervous for the rancor pit there for a second that's what I thought was going to happen. It was going to be drop him into the Rancor pit and close it, you know, and then it was going to be Adventures of Boba Fett. And what's the lady's name? Fennec Shand. Fennec Shand. Yes. It's a very strange name. It's hard to wrap your mouth around. She will uh, also be in the Bad Batch uh, Clone Wars cartoon. Okay. Okay. So she's going to be in both shows, I guess. Cool. Kind of tie people together or whatever. Uh, well, except like different timelines there, though. Right? Correct. Yeah, one will be just post Order sixty six, and the other one will be now. Yeah, or or this this uh, Republic timeline. era timeline. Yeah. Um. I look. You know. I don't know. I I want to see what it's about. I don't. What is the like? It is it going to be like a crime noir thing? Aren't they already kind of doing that with Andor? Andor's like a, a spy show. Yeah, yeah, like spies and crime are kind of like, you know, sure. pretty close neighbors Could there. Yeah. Could be. I, I, it, then I don't know. What is it? Like, what is it really? Is this like Boba Hutt, the Bounty Fenner anthology series? Is this... I believe have it's... some specific story I, they want to tell? I don't know. So Robert Rodriguez is getting brought in for that one. Uh, and he's definitely That's more a, of an action... He's an action guy. Action yeah. director, yeah. right? So hmm. um, maybe it's... Boba taking out his wrath on the galaxy. I don't know. He's got it. If you followed a little bit of Clone Wars with his character and, you know, getting dropped in a Sarlacc, he might have an axe to grind. Hey, I mean, you can reasonably see why he would go to Jabba's palace and shoot everyone up, right? Yeah. The last yeah. time one saw Boba Fett, they threw him in a Sarlacc pit. It didn't go good. Yeah. I'm sure he wasn't happy about the result, right? It took him five how many years, years between. Five years, I guess, uh, yep. between then to just get back his armor, which was his whole thing. I can imagine he's mad. Yeah. So, you know, like, look, I could get it. Um, I don't know that that is enough for me to be, like, super interested in watching a whole show. But I'm here to, look, I don't know that I was super interested in this show when you get, when someone gave me the pitch for The Mandalorian Season 1. Just a, a random ago. bounty hunter in the universe, yeah. Yeah. So, you know what? Hey, I'm willing to listen. For sure. They've earned that. Absolutely. Absolutely earned. Well, uh, next week will be our kind of final episode for the year. We might have a stop or two to pull out, but it's kind of our end of the year wrap up. I don't know. <sighs> be good to each other. Stay safe. Enjoy this downtime and come back strong next year. We'll be here. <laughs>